Welcome to Sales Cultures Redefined, where we transform people with purpose, income, and a better life. Here's your host, CEO of Sales Managed Solutions, Lance Cooper. Yesterday, I was in Houston for a two-hour presentation to the 60 reps for Goodman Manufacturing, a billion-dollar HVAC company. They've been recently purchased by Dyke and renamed Dyken Comfort Technologies North America. And Dyken has a very upscale product. As I thought about my presentation, which was narrowly focused on the CTS sales profile, the purpose was to clearly show how the self-knowledge their personality assessment provides will increase their emotional intelligence and as a result help them increase their incomes by providing ways to better adapt themselves to the changes they face. But I was facing a room of uncertainty. So here's what I did. Rather than assume I knew their needs and their challenges, I started with three questions and let them brainstorm the answers. Asking questions like these in the past has always allowed me to listen and understand the needs of people before presenting to them. Here are the three questions. Number one, what are the changes that have taken place in the last one to two years affecting your incomes and the incomes of your dealers? And I had that question up at the top of a single flip chart page. The next question on the next page was, what are the major challenges that territorial sales managers face as a result of these changes? And on the third page, what are the traits of high-performing reps in the midst of these changes and challenges? Now, that first question, what are the changes that have taken place in the last one to two years affecting your incomes and the incomes of your dealers? Man, that broke the ice, and an avalanche of answers were yelled out to me from different parts of the room. Very hard to keep up with. I was writing them down. And then the next question on the next page got them thinking about the challenges they face to increase their incomes and the incomes of their dealers. Finally, the question about traits brought ownership of their changes and challenges back to them. In the midst of these questions, I saw and felt the room change to one of indifference to the next speaker, me, to one of participation and even a willingness to listen to what I would say next. Once again, I was reminded about the importance of listening in relationship building and communication between people at home or in business. For the rest of my talk on personality traits, I was able to customize what I said to their needs and challenges and to the traits they needed to successfully maneuver and win in the inflation, inventory, and new product challenges they faced. The importance of listening and treating people as individuals with unique qualities and needs reminds me of something I heard Ronald Reagan say years ago. Now, you may not know this, but many people on both sides of the aisle Democrats, Republicans, marveled at his relationship skills with large audiences and his speaking skills, his communication skills, like the world. And here's what he said to the world during Berlin's 750th anniversary in April 1987. Behind me stands a wall that encircles the free sectors of this city, part of a vast system of barriers that divides the entire continent of Europe. Standing before the Brandenburg Gate, every man is a German, separated 
from his fellow men. Every man is a Berliner, forced to look upon a scar. As long as this gate is closed, as long as this scar of a wall is permitted to stand, it is not the German question alone that remains open, but the question of freedom for all mankind. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Did you hear it? He speaks to the people as one, to their needs, to the emotions of the wall separating them from their countrymen on the other side. Ronald Reagan once said, whether there's one or 1,000, communication remains a one-on-one -on -one experience. It's interesting that a top rep in Houston told me afterwards that he had heard a lot of speakers, but I was the best he had ever heard. And you know what? I first allowed them to speak and talk to me about their needs. A group of men and women I had never known. And then afterwards, several spoke to me like they had known me for a long time. How did that happen? I want you to know something. I used to be horrible at the beginning of sales calls and in relationships. Hardly ever listening or asking questions and mostly pitching and telling stories and never quite connecting or understanding or, it seems, caring about the needs of those around me. I'm glad I found someone, Ron Willingham, that helped me learn about the power of listening and asking questions. And even though it's my best interpersonal skill today, I still at times fail. I think most of the people around me fail at times as well. We are just more into ourselves than about serving the needs of others. But I also have many friends who have changed over time and today do a pretty good job of relationship building. So I know you can too, whether it's one child at home, a couple of people interested in your product, a young rep just getting started in sales, or 1,000 people you speak to at a conference. You will remember whether there's one or a thousand people. Great communication remains a one-on-one -on -one experience, and you will speak best when you know important things about the people you want to listen to you. You have just listened to Sales Cultures Redefined. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and we'll see you at the next episode.